0: Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: Welcome to Bob Bernie Live. It is the five o'clock hour on a Friday afternoon, Friday evening. And my telephone number is 877 Bob Live. Eight seven seven 262 I've said this many times before, and I repeat it often because it bears repeating. It is extremely important that you and I have a solid theology of suffering. We must have a solid theology theology of suffering, because there is so much false doctrine out there, even in the church. The uh, Word of Faith people, the prosperity gospel, present an absolutely unbiblical theology of suffering. Uh, To them, when you suffer, God is either punishing you, uh, you've done something wrong, or you just don't have enough faith. The only reason you're suffering is And if you will speak words of faith, you can create your own reality and you won't suffer anymore. That is complete heresy, folks. And it is so easy to prove, okay? It is so easy to prove this is not advanced-level theology, if that were true. If you just had enough faith and spoke words of faith, the uh, word of faith people believe that, that faith is a completely separate force that you can use and even God uses. It's not faith in God. It's basically faith in faith. And you use this faith to combat disease, illness, sickness, poverty, etc., etc., etc. All right, now. Who would know best how to apply word of faith theology? Well, the disciples, they sat at the very feet of Jesus. Nobody would have a better understanding of the results of faith than the disciples. Okay, I think we can establish that as a fact. Here is the next fact All of them suffered greatly. For some of them, they suffered continuously. They went from one experience of suffering to another, to another, to another, to another. That's the disciples. So are we to believe that they just didn't understand? They didn't have some TV preacher to explain it to them? And then look at the history of the Christian church. For the last 2,000 plus years, Christians have had a, hist- a history of suffering. It's a part of this world. And we need to understand why we suffer. That's why I say we need a theology of suffering because none of us are exempt from suffering. None of us. In fact, you're not going to get off this planet without some suffering. And I really believe this. If you read the biographies of the great men and women of God through the centuries, you have to come to this conclusion. God chooses his choicest saints to suffer. Often suffering is a mark of God's pleasure with an individual. And God's choice of an individual—he only chooses unique, special people to suffer. That's true. Now, why do why do we bring that up today? And I want to be very, very careful—and I mean very, very careful—not to criticize this pastor, but I but I do. I, I want to I want to make some observations. A church in Mayfield, Kentucky. The uh, church was damaged, but not destroyed. The pastor and his family went into what the story says is a tunnel underneath the church, and they survived basically unscathed. Uh, When the tornado passed over, they came out of that tunnel, came up, and saw the absolute devastation all around them they were just finishing remodeling their 100-year-old auditorium and they were just about to rededicate it and again it was it was damaged but not destroyed but here's the part of the story that i want to share with you and again i'm not being i'm not being critical of this pastor he is dealing with things that few pastors had to deal with. But in the story, it says, later, safe back at home, his daughter had a question that left him stumped. Quote, my little girl asked me, why would God let this happen? Well, he believes God did allow the tornado to happen. He had no answer as to why the western Kentucky community where he was baptized grew up and chose to raise his family wasn't spared from the Friday night storms that left dozens dead and communities reeling across at least five states. But he knew what to do next. Glorify God amid the suffering and serve those in need. Praise God for that. He said, quote, and this is so true, he said, It's easy to serve the Lord when things are good. It's more challenging to serve him when times are bad, and I think that's really good when people are looking to see if our faith is genuine, if our faith is true. That's wonderful. Uh, They began collecting gift cards, food, generators, water, etc. The the church formed three teams, and each of the three teams uh, took the uh, suffering in the city in a different way. They did good, good things. In Mayfield, Kentucky. Good things. They were a great testimony for Christ. And I, and I want to make that clear. Then his last name is Fowler. And here's how the story ends. Pastor Fowler, too, recalled the terror of that night when he and his wife used their bodies to cover their three children in the tunnel as the ceiling shook violently, enveloping them in a cloud of dust. It probably lasted 30 seconds or more. It felt like it lasted five minutes. The kids were crying, and I was telling them verbally, we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay. But in my mind, I was thinking we might not be okay. In the moment, they focused on staying alive. Once safe, their conversation turned to God. Days later, as the afternoon sun shone through the damaged stained glass in the empty sanctuary, the pastor still had no answer to his daughter's question. He believes in a sovereign God, but could come up with no theological reasoning for why the tornado delivered such a deadly blow to Mayfield and not some other town. And here's the end of the story. Quote, I had to look at my little eight-year-old girl who looks to me for answers. And I had to say, I don't know. I don't know. Now, again, I, I don't want to be critical of this man, and I'm sincere. There are times when the proper response is, I, 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 I don't know. I don't think this is one of those times. If you have a proper theology of suffering, I think you can give. In answer. How? What do I mean by that? I'll share that with you when we return. My number 877 Bob Live.
0: This is Bob Bernie Live. And
1: right, let's, let's talk just for a few minutes about a theology of suffering because all of us are going to need to understand this. And I really believe that very few Christians have a solid theology of suffering because, humanly speaking, naturally, our first question is all why? Why been loving God? why would it happen to us? Why didn't it happen to them? That's, that's naturally what we humans think. But you see, God's ways are not our ways. A biblical theology of suffering begins with the sovereignty of God. And I mean the absolute sovereignty of God. Because God is sovereign. He can do anything he wants to. We understand that he's caring, he's gracious, he's loving, but he's also just. And the Bible makes it clear it rains on the just and the unjust. We have learned this throughout history. When a, quote-unquote, natural disaster hits a town, a country, a a state, Christians are not exempt. God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. And the why question is absolutely human, but um, it's not the proper question. Number two, number one is the sovereignty of God. Number two, the purpose for living on this earth. All right? God is sovereign. Number two, God created us for his pleasure. God created us for his pleasure, for fellowship and for his glory. He created us to bring glory to him, to honor him, to serve him, to obey him. And this is where a biblical theology flies in the face of a humanized theology. Because today, a great number of people, even a whole lot of evangelicals, believe that God exists for our benefit. The only reason we have a God is to give us stuff. He is there for our benefit. No, 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 no. We're here for His benefit. It's exactly the opposite. And so the major major reason why we live and move and have our being, as one of the old catechisms said, is to bring Him glory. So, if God is truly sovereign... Our responsibility is to surrender. It is completely, totally up to God how to get glory. That's not for us to determine. In fact, it's none of our business. So God can choose just to pour out blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing, and many times he does. Joy and I, in our almost 52 years of marriage, we have been through such incredible periods of blessing, just blessing, 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 blessing. Uh, we've also been through some extremely dif- difficult times. So when God is blessing, 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 what is our responsibility? Surrender, give him glory. We're, we're going through a deep, deep, dark trial of valley, sorrow, suffering, heartache, Brokenness. What is our responsibility? Give him glory. It's the same. So as my caller earlier said, the ultimate question is not why. The question is what? What is it that you want to accomplish, God? What is it that you're doing here, God? What is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want me to share with others, how can I, in this circumstance, give you glory and use the comfort that you're giving to us to comfort other people? Talks about that in Corinthians. That's why Peter says, think it not strange when you, when you go through fiery trials and tribulations. Don't think it's strange. Don't think it's weird. It's not unusual. When you are tried by fire, First Peter also says, that the trying of your faith, what is the purpose? To make you like gold, cleanse you, purify you, make you better suitable to bring him glory? The history of the earth the history of the Christian church is filled with illustrations of people suffering. Entire villages, towns, cities, nations wiped off the face of the earth. This is not unusual. You see, well, well Bob, isn't it heart rending, heart wrenching? Don't you think it's tragic? Yes, 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 I do. But God has a plan and a purpose. And you see, you and I can't turn a situation around like these tornadoes in Kentucky. You and I can't turn them around for God's glory and for God's good. But God can. And he will. And so I wish this pastor father, instead of just telling his little girl, I don't know. I don't have an answer. And again, I think there are times when we simply say, I I don't know, I don't have an answer. But we need to remember that when things like this happen and we are asked, why would a loving God, why would God allow this? I don't understand all the reasons and the purposes, but I know this, God is sovereign. And he has chosen us to go through this so that we might give him honor and glory and thanksgiving, and we will surrender to the plan of God to mold us, to shape us, to make us more like Jesus, to burn away the dross, to rise the imperfections to the surface, so that the Holy Spirit of God can sweep them away so that we become more like Jesus. The people in Kentucky who know Christ are going to have an incredible, incredible opportunity to be the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the mouth of Jesus, the eyes of Jesus. They're going to have a wonderful opportunity to minister in a way they've probably never ministered before.